0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast
1: Network. I keep, I keep them laughing, am cool. So I'll act like the clowns in the carnival, do Till I fell off a table and I scraped my knee. But it's okay, because they're laughing and waving at me. It's amazing to see all their faces are pasted with glee. But I scraped my knee. But I made that day, I could see. I'm so grateful, I climbed on the table and taken the leap. But I scraped my knee. Wait, my knee, I just scraped my knee. And every single person walked away from me, stepping over me, and actively avoiding the point of the fall that annoyed me, of course. Cause nobody gave a
0: fuck about the boy on the floor. I... Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to X Podcast Nation. On the channel, we've got interviews, podcasts, and series on all sorts of subjects from mental health, music, films, TV, football, wrestling, conspiracy theories, and much, much more. We got uh our unique and exclusive series, My Story, which is a kind of like documentary-style podcast where we take our guests from various professions, athletes, and we just take them through their life and career uh, as they share some stories and anecdotes along the way, which they're always a lot of fun. We've had uh, former WBO champion Robbie Regan. We've had the actor who used to play Lofty in EastEnders, also makes uh, films for BT Sport and a lot of of other things. He also writes the storylines for FIFA, uh, the video game, which was really cool. I didn't know and I found it out. But uh, he was a really, really nice gentleman, really interesting guy. Uh, we've had former Scottish international, Kev McNaughton, former Wales international, Reese Weston, and lots of other people. And then we got Unscripted and Uncensored, which is uh, my favourite type of show to re- record because basically all the questions and all the talking points come from you, the people. We don't, I don't have any research. I don't look at anything. I just line up the questions they can be on anything whether it's that person's chosen profession profession politics and um, what we we seem to get loads of questions they people want to know about uh, what well, they think of paedophile hunters and all this just random stuff but they're always fun and we've had all sorts we've had like boxers cage warriors fighters bands uh, actors footballers lots and lots of different people you can get all the shows all the series youtube.com slash ace podcast nation it's the best most direct way to uh, to support the channel in each series uh, so please subscribe and uh, you can get the audio versions A usual places apple podcast spotify stitcher and a like as well as uh we also putting the shows up on facebook now as well because uh, that's where we seem to be getting the most action so today we're going to talk. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk mental health and anything else which comes up. And uh, my guest joining me is is Welsh rapper T Rev. Welcome, my friend. Hey, How I are you?
2: Me. Yeah, I'm good, bro. Good. Bad back. Need a shit. <laughs> I'm alright.
0: <laughs> That's it. Good start. Good start. As long as, long as you don't do. Pool? Yeah, man. I'm alright. I'm. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Same, bro. Same. When you hit me up. I was fucking gassed, bro. Trust me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love chatting. I love just chatting shit, bro. It's fucking especially during lockdown as well, bro. It's fucking bang on. Well,
0: that's it, and it? it's like and like obviously lockdown's shit, like, but for me, it's been pretty good, like, because I've managed to be able to get like guests and people on the podcast who perhaps normally wouldn't have been able to do it because they're travelling or they're they're playing football or they're doing stuff. But they're yeah. at home and they want to find. He's looking for something to do, so yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, come on a podcast." And it's good,
2: it's, it's, it's good, going out society again as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I get used to I know, speaking know, to know, people.
2: Yeah, I know it's going down the shop. I, I can't even look, can't look the shop the shop owners in the eye and stuff. I just yeah. used to not having to talk to people. Do you get what I mean?
0: Yeah, oh mate, definitely, hundred percent. And like, so my missus and my kids. I like got like two teenagers and an eleven year old. And um, they haven't been outside my house, like, apart from in the back garden now for, I think, 10 weeks, which is it's insane. Because, like, I just think, what's that going to be like for them when they eventually go out, like, and yeah. got a mix? Like, I, I've been going to the shop and that just to try and minimise, like, the amount of us going out and that. But, yeah. like, it's driving me insane. Now, I was saying to, saying to her earlier, like, I'm getting a bit, it wasn't really bothering me up until about a week ago and it's getting a bit it's wearing a bit thin now
2: yeah it's it was the first couple of weeks it, it just felt like a, a holiday didn't it? it felt like yeah quite refreshing like oh I don't have to do anything now for the next couple of weeks I can sit at home I can work on myself I can get clean and I can do this I can get into a routine
0: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> a couple of weeks later bro house is messier than ever and you just feel like shit
0: <laughs> yeah i was like oh it's all right because we'll get low we'll get all the stuff done in the house we need to do we'll get some painting done we'll do some decorating the kids will be in a wicked routine we'll get them like this and that It's like yeah my my oldest one's like still awake at two o'clock in the morning and he's going to bed and like getting up and you know, and i still I haven't 15, done any painting yeah oh, wow well, mid i um like i said to you earlier when i when we were texting like i just i'm happy that they're not doing what i was doing when i was 15 so like yeah, it's like I can, yeah i can cope with it, like a bit of attitude from them now and again yeah. but i think after 10 weeks of just like being around each other constantly it gets it's a bit thin other. like yeah it's just like do the fucking dishes just <laughs> just do it i don't need don't need the the back chat and the arguing just do it keep us all happy. So yeah, so what I'd like to do really with all my guests is I like to like for people who are not familiar with you or they're like some people will be, some people won't be, is just kind of ask you to take us but take us right back to the start. Tell us a little bit like where you're from, your upbringing, whatever, and Uh, siblings, you know, just all that sort of stuff. And basically like how you got to kind of where you are today. And then we'll go into the the nuts and bolts of everything.
2: Um, right. Well, basically, well, my name's Tre. Well, my rap name's T Rev. My real name's James David. I'm from uh, Morriston originally in Swansea. Then I moved to Poole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and um, Jack Army, old
0: tight. <clears throat> and uh, I moved to I moved around. Can edit long.
2: that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry and um but yeah so so i moved around a bit but i uh i grew up with my mother my father my sister Uh my dad's a fucking cock um but there'll be more about that when it gets into more of the music later <laughs> um my mother is the best person to ever walk this planet um she is she's a fucking angel like do you know what i mean she's always stuck by me no matter how much of a cock i was she's been fucking amazing i can i can never say that any that I've done wrong could ever be my mother's fault because she raised me to be a gentleman. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I started, started music because I used to love, first of all, I got into rap music because I wasn't allowed a rap CD when I was really young. Um, I was in Woolworths in Barry and I picked up, uh, Marshall Mathers LP and I, and I was like, Oh, can I have this? And then my mother was like, right, we'll I'll phone your dad and if you're allowed it, yeah you gonna have it so she she phoned my dad and then he was like no he's not having it it's this it's that so fucking No, oh, he's all oh, it's violent he's, he's he's he can't listen to it and then i was like fuck i want to listen to it now <laughs> it was just me trying to spend my pocket money back then i was like fuck it. oh Marshall matters LP he was what 2000? 2000 2001 wasn't it yeah and um, so i was nine and i just wanted to spend my pocket money on something i thought looked cool in it and um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as soon as i wasn't allowed it then i was like fuck i'm a fan of this music now yeah but then um but then I, I start i started getting into more uh you know like punk and new metal and country music country music was up was up the top for me for a while and johnny cash is always my number one inspiration and it just took ages then of me listening to different genres listening to different music every time something would happen i'd have to stick my headphones on and because i've always had like mental health issues growing up i hadn't, i hadn't been diagnosed until i was until a couple like two three years ago properly and okay. um so back then i just thought there was something wrong but didn't know what hmm. so i just always stuck my headphones on and whatever i was listening to would take me somewhere or just make me feel something that wasn't scared wasn't you know down do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it
0: just takes you out of it like
2: yeah so like when I was to Sex Pistols I'd have that fuck you you know fuck everything attitude and I'd just have balls of steel like do you know what I mean mm. and um, like when I listen to Eminem it'd be the same when I listen to TI I'd have that fucking cool as fuck attitude mm. but wasn't cool as fuck wasn't as cool as I thought I was like do you know what I mean and uh, <laughs> but Then I started listening to any sort of music that I felt like I could relate to personally on a level because I started noticing a few lines in different songs that I thought, fuck, that sounds like me. Fuck, this sounds like me. And it was all stuff that I thought only I went through. Yeah. So when I started listening to more and more and started hearing a lot more people going through similar stuff, I felt less alone. And then it just drew me to music even more. And I set up, um, I say I set up, I installed Cool Edit Pro, which eventually ended up being Adobe Audition when they rebranded. And uh and I had this little pencil microphone that's stuck out of my computer. And I used Mm. to take like 50 cent instrumentals, TI instrumentals, and just stick them on there and just like wrap into this little pencil mic, so all you can cheer is just peas popping but just me shit in an american accent just thinking i was cool but also thinking that i was like getting stuff off my chest
0: yeah yeah
2: and um so i just I, I i started writing then because i wanted to write stuff to get things off my chest because i felt after it was on the paper in front of me or on the screen in front of me it wasn't weighing on my head as much anymore and okay. so I just kept doing that, doing that in my bedroom for fucking years and years and not doing anything with it. And then um, I, don't, I, I think in probably 2009, I decided, uh, fuck it, I'm going to release a song. And I recorded a song called Anarchist. And it was different, <laughs> but I, uh, it wasn't very good. It was angry. Okay. It wasn't very good, and um, and it was a lot of pretty much every. Am I allowed to swear? Like a yeah, lot, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pretty much like every other word was cunt. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> Every other word on that song was cunt. And I remember paying like twenty quid uh, on TuneCore back then to put it up on iTunes for a year. And then I thought, I thought I'd fucking made it. Then you know, because <laughs> I, it's just like this, this little kid. And I was like, oh look, there's my song, there's my song. Look, I'm fucking famous. And then, like about a year went past, and I was thinking, oh no, like, that that song is fucking awful. And then uh, I started. getting... Well, I I have been taking drugs for a while at that point, but like that would be something I'll go into a bit later anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I got I got further into it. And into the party and a lot more, and I'd just gone through uh, a breakup after four years, and that fucked my head up fully. So I, so I saw that Prime Cut were doing something from Cardiff. Uh, they were coming down, and putting an, a rap event on in Swansea, and I got tagged in a lot of it. And all my mates at the time were like, "Yeah, get involved, get stuck in, go on, You can do it. You can do it." So I. I I give it a bash and it was mad, like proper mad. And since then, um, I just started connecting with more people from Cardiff from prime cut from different backgrounds and stuff and just started spreading everything out. Then I just started taking it all a lot more seriously again. And like, I just kept pushing that. I've always just made music I've wanted to make. I've never made music that I think will sell because I don't really care about selling anything. I just care about just staying true to fuck I do. Like you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting, like because sometimes when people see like rapper or they hear like hip hop or grime or whatever, they assume Mm -hmm. that you will just a you will like rap about certain things just by. Because that's what rappers do, or that's what hip hop is. Um, Or they will also assume that all your musical influences are like, you know, Tupac, Eminem, whoever. Mm. And then, but like straight away, you named, I think, was it the Sex Pistols, Johnny Cash, country music, and like quite a diverse selection of, like, as well as like Eminem and and, and TI and stuff. But like, and i think that comes through in the like the music your music as well is that is you can tell you've got like eclectic tastes and influences in what you do um so like what would you so, so if you were going to tell someone who'd never heard your music before
2: yeah
0: and they said right what what's your music about what would you say <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, really thought that through. Just to put but, you on the uh, spot,
0: like, so say I'd never heard any of your music, nothing. I have, by the way, and it's good. But if I hadn't, and I said, uh, "Well, so what do you do, and What's it, what's, what's it all about?"
2: The mindset of a dickhead
0: that's <laughs> trying to be better. <laughs> But like that's, like, even just from speaking to you, like, over the last couple of days, and, like, if you took, like, five minutes to go through your social media posts, it doesn't take long to see that straight away you are someone who's trying to do things differently to what you've done previously. Like, you can see that straight away just by some of the stuff you say or just by speaking to you. So kind of just before we go towards that side of things, obviously you've got an album out. Which is, I think, when's the digital one's out? Now is out for end of this week, you know, Friday. So as we record this, so when this goes out, it'll be out. So um, I'll put links in the description and of all the episodes and that, so people can have a look. Um, But I highly recommend it. There's a couple of your tunes which I have just been playing recently, like just over and over. I like Cry Outlaw. I really like, and I like. Boy on the Floor, part one, particularly. I like all of Boy on the Floor. And like I said to you the other day, like I had come across Boy on the Floor. I think that was the part one. I think that was the first tune I came across of yours through like the Studio 45 YouTube. And I didn't know about your YouTube.
2: See if you can see this now. Two seconds.
0: Hi, Connor. you Connor. So so like...
2: (laughs) That's That's the Studio 45 stick of the limbs gave
0: me fucking use ah. but... i like their uh, their logo as well but like yeah so i came across like part one of that and i didn't know about your youtube channel at that point and i was like yeah, oh, yeah that's really good and like obviously at the end of part one you do like the kind of in- intro to part two at the end of it on yeah. youtube And i was like oh that's that's wicked and i couldn't find part two anyway so i was like all right okay maybe it's not out whatever and then the other day i discovered your youtube channel and i was like ah oh, right okay there it is and it's like 14 <laughs> minutes and it's like a st- it's like four parts isn't it but it's like it's like a story in itself which like the f- part one it is like it's quite heavy like you know it's it's um it's about like from what i can gather it's about like bullying and 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 mental health and stuff like that it's yeah. clearly based on like not particularly pleasant experiences that particular like that part one but the part four is a lot brighter and it's like a bit like a happy ending almost isn't it? yeah to a certain extent um so you know before you were writing tunes and rapping about like your have you always written lyrics about your mental health and like that side of it or Um, is that something which has developed since you got diagnosed
2: when I was um, <clears throat> when I was younger, I write about my mental health. I write mm. about struggling, but I wouldn't let anybody listen to it. Those were the songs I was putting out. The songs I was putting out were the ones where I was talking about, you know, just being the baddest rap, being cool as fuck, and all that. And it just wasn't me. But I was yeah. still making all of the darker, more meaningful s- songs, but just behind the scenes and just not doing anything with them. Mm. Um, it was only after well with Boy on the Floor especially like that entire EP, um, I just finished my Cry Outlaw EP um, which was like five parts and the songs that stuck out to everyone were Cry Outlaw and Black Sheep with Merkage and um, when when I noticed that I realised that some of the messages I was getting from people were because it was helping them rather than just because they liked the music and I thought okay well if I just be more honest with people maybe they're Going to be more honest with me, more honest with themselves? Or, you know, they might think, okay, I'm not alone. I can get help for this and stuff like that. So with the Boy on the Floor EP, um, the story of that EP was I just dropped my son back to his mother's house. And I, I'd i been snappy with him over the weekend. And like I just felt really fucking shit about it. And my head just started <clears throat> doing na- naughty things to me. And I was just trying to kill myself that night. And I just sat in my bedroom and I was fucking crying my eyes out and uh, Scatterbrains, uh, the producer of my dungeon, sent me the instrumental for my for my dungeon. And I thought, right, what I'm going to do now is try and take all the energy and anger that I'm feeling at the moment and just shove it all down onto the page and see if I can actually use it as therapy like I used to do before I was doing all the outlaw stuff like and then i got my dungeon down and i was thinking right why do i feel as bad as i do what's caused like and then i was just like looping in my head i was thinking what what built me up to be this person that's just so sensitive about everything and then i was thinking back to the nightmares i was having about being bullied all the time, then even when I was getting older, and even up until a couple of weeks ago, I was still have in nightmares just about being bullied in general. And um and that's where boy on the floor came from, the, the first part. Um the second part then blow my brains out was um was because I was trying to blow my brains out that night, but it just didn't manage to do it. Hmm. Um posted so like so it was a boy on the floor of just me being upset and then blow my brains out was the part that goes yeah, this is what I want to do. I need to fucking die. <clears throat> Posted was the part. Three was me going, no, you're not that fucking stupid. You've got people that need you. You need to snap out of it. And that's why part three is so aggressive. It's because it's me slapping some sense into myself and being like, no, you don't need to do all this. Like, you know, hmm. just being stupid. It's like, it's one rough night in, you know, another 364 days of the year. Like in it. Yeah. And, um, and then part 4 originally i wrote part 4 as an angry song like a really angry song but um, i had that instrumental of sydney chief uh, the main producer i work with at the moment and and i thought right what i'm going to try and do now is because <clears throat> at the end of um at, originally at the end of the ep i killed myself
0: mm.
2: cuz that's how i was writing it and sounds dark as fuck but i was writing the ep initially as something for someone to find when they found my body hmm. and but when i started realizing that it's not what i wanted to do i swapped it so the verses in time are still not nice lyrics but sort of not aggressive lyrics they're just yeah. lyrics of fuck it fed up sort of um, okay but tweaked it a little bit to make it that happy ending because i felt a lot you know i felt a lot better and like i just wanted to make it that light at the end of the tunnel do you get what i mean yeah yeah and that's why when, when uh, me and lems did the video it's, it's all in the sun it's all and that's when i, I wash all the, the blood off my eyes and the te- mm. uh, all the tears off my eyes in the waterfall and stuff uh because that's that's when the the tears came about was from the boy on the floor ep mm. because everybody who I used to talk to just never really thought there was anything wrong with me behind closed doors. And that's because I always used to hide it from everyone, always used to hide everything because it was no one else's business to me. Yeah. And But then I thought, if I'm doing that, how many other people are hiding their issues, hiding everything? So I thought, what, because I got schizophrenia, I hallucinate a lot. And um, when I hallucinate, I see people I care about with blood, running out their eyes Mm. and sometimes when I look in the mirror then I see blood coming out of my eyes and it's fucking terrifying Mm. but the way I see it now is like when I put that on it's representing everything that other people can't see that's going on in my head and I can't hide it anymore so I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that I've got the tears there because everyone's just seeing what I see like yeah not hiding my mental health and it's starting to relate to a lot more people now i think and i hope that a lot more people will feel more comfortable to be like well, if this guy's just doing it and he feeling better for it then maybe i should be maybe not, you know maybe not painting blood on their face but you know just speaking about openly in general do you get what i mean
0: yeah definitely mate i am um, so like with mental health like of all the shows like i've done over 200 shows now um on like all different subjects and i've had some like pretty big like big names from like football or actors or whatever on the shows which i always get the most dms or like texts about is always the ones which i do on mental health which i haven't done any for a while like but like we did like a mini series where we focused on like a different mental health disorder each episode and i'd have like either so we did one on adhd and i had like a a, one of the top doctors in the uk come on and we discussed it because my one of my boys has got adhd so like it was personal to me as well so we were just kind of discussing that i had loads of messages about that then i did one on we did one on schizophrenia with a with a guy from america who is like a writer but he's got schizophrenia and again we had just like loads of messages we did one on depression and grief where um like me and my uh well, we my friend now, like but he's a football journalist um who lives in America, and he basically come home one day and discovered his partner like passed away, and he kind of had issues with dealing with that because they had a son and and like addiction and stuff, and we ended up what was gonna be like forty five minutes of just generally talking about depression and grief and addiction. I think we went about two hours of me and him just talking about all the different issues that we'd had with like depression and drinking and all the stuff around grief and what it had led to. Cause like, well, my father died when I was younger and we, I would never dealt with it and it was really therapeutic. And then I went, when I finished, I was absolutely fucking so exhausted. And I just like, when I went to bed, like, and I woke up in the morning and I just had like hundreds of messages and texts just saying didn't realize that you had been like struggling for so long or didn't realize that you were having so many issues because people, no matter what your issue is, whether it's like a mental health disorder or it's an addiction or it's both or it's whatever it may be is you become adept at hiding it from people. And, and that's what I think now, like over the last couple of years, people are trying to, Make people realize that, like mental health dis- disorders, you can't see them, but they do so much damage. Um, did you feel so, better
2: after that? After you had the, those two-hour conversations?
0: Though? Oh god, yeah, I felt like, like weight
2: comes off your shoulders. Yeah,
0: you, it? well, I felt like, um, like for the, it was like I think it was around like twenty-three years from when he had died when I did that show, and I was like, I finally felt like I dealt with it, like which was insane to me because that wasn't like I had planned that going in. But See, When
2: you're talking about it, you, you sort of start coming to terms with it, isn't it because you're hearing yourself saying the words. Yeah. And it's, it's, It sounds weird, isn't it? But it does. It feels like some sort of closure, doesn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, when... Big time, Ed. I, um, I just wanted to circle back quickly. Yeah. before we carry on speaking about this because um something you said about just when you put boy on the floor out about people relating to the to the lyrics and like just as much relating to the lyrics as much as they were relating to the fact that it's a good tune um and i think going back even further to something you said towards the start of the show about like you used to put your headphones on and you'd listen depending on your mood you listen to a certain type of music that's exactly what i do as well like like i got all these different types of music which i like listening to depending on how i'm feeling and then i think when you hear someone whether it's a song or a rap or something and you know you can tell by the lyrics that they're pouring their heart out about um like personal experiences or how they're feeling or dealing with something and it's a good tune is it it resonates with people and like so, it doesn't surprise me that people resonate to to the lyrics which you write because they're real and they're like about things which you've gone through and you've how you felt at different times. And I think that it's only a good thing, not just for you in terms of like writing it down and getting it out of your head and onto paper and that to, you know, to help yourself, but also yeah. I think. Like I always say with those mental health shows, like I know I said, like they're the most, I get the most messages about them, but I've always said that whenever I talk about mental health and I, I talk about it a lot. um, is if I can reach one person who's going through like a tough time or is having a crisis and feels like they want to end it, or they just feel like they're completely alone because I've been there and I know how, no matter how much you're not alone, I know how easy it is to feel like you are, and um, if I can reach one person who thinks, "Oh, hang on a minute," like if they've been through it, or he's been through it, or that footballer's been through it because they're talking about it, or that actor, or that rapper, or whatever it may be. If I can reach that one person, then I'll be happy. Um, Um, And that's why I leave all my DMs open as well because I say, even if I don't know you, send me a message. I'll chat. I'll chat.
2: On every Wednesday and Thursday, I got this phone on. Yeah. Posted a number up on my Facebook um, because every Wednesday and Thursday, I I sit down and anybody who wants to talk to me, who needs someone to talk to, or just wants a distraction, or just mm. anything, I, like I'll sit by my laptop all all day every like all day for those two days and just yeah. have a conversation with people, make them feel better or something. But then some people obviously a bit a bit scared of their names popping up on the screen when they mm. when they message me on Facebook or something and don't you know obviously like privacy. Yeah, they want they want to keep their privacy. So I, I got that phone, uh, put the number up, and so people can text me anonymously. You know, if, if they just want to chat or something.
0: That's fucking awesome, and mate. So that is that is one of the best things I've heard for a very long time. That's really <laughs> honestly, mate. That's that's really like that's wicked. That is.
2: Well, the way the way I see it is, um, I'm. It, it sounds ridiculous, but my whole thing is I want to protect people mm. and I want to protect people from feeling how I felt and I want to protect people from feeling like they're alone when they're around when they're surrounded by loads of people and I just and I know for well that you know sometimes protecting people isn't a physical thing it's it's emotional it's mental you know you, you want to connect with people so they're protected from themselves mm. and and that's what I want to do with this is I, obviously I, I, I only have it on for those two days because Obviously, if I'm trying to do it all the time, I'm going to be neglecting my son. I'm going to be neglecting yeah, my mental health. But I just want them to know that someone's there. And like I said, I've, I've always been obsessed with Johnny Cash. And I've always, whenever I perform, I'm always wearing black because obviously he was the man in black and the black represented a lot of things for him. And I feel like I'm, I'm trying to stand for a lot of not the same things but similar things to Mm. what he was doing I want I want to stand for people who don't have a voice or are too scared to speak out or or at the bottom of you know the food chain you know the people that are getting picked on the people who are just left behind I I want them I want the underdogs to just take over and remind all of them that you know (laughs) Fuck my voice is going remind Mm. all of them that you know they're just as important as the people right at the fucking top. Like, do you know what I mean? Spot on, um, mate. If, if if I go off on random tangents, I do. No, a right. bro. Like, my, my mind just fucking goes like that. So I will start telling one story, and then I, I'll forget what my point was of the first story, and I'll be on story number three.
0: That's <laughs> alright. It's good. It's just that that's the way I like it. Is like we'll just we'll talk about whatever comes up, and we'll go wherever we go. Like, um, so you mentioned. Um, that you'd been diagnosed, and then you mentioned just now that you were you were diagnosed with schizophrenia, yeah. um, but that was a fairly recent thing then, was it?
2: It was two thousand and seventeen.
0: Okay, so that's that's really recent, really. Well, how old are you? Yeah. Twenty seven, didn't you twenty seven. Oh, yeah. So, God, that's so you lived like Jesus, a good, like twenty five years with undiagnosed schizophrenia give or take obviously when it started like when do you first remember kind of i don't know like having symptoms of that illness
2: um well when on the album i got, I got a song called help me hmm. and um and it's the story of when I was like six seven years old i remember laying in my bedroom in my parents house and i, I kept screaming because like, i could see this thing in the corner of my room and it was like, it, it looked like a bat, but like with a Cheshire cat smile, Cheshire, Cheshire cat smile. Um, sort of like, you know, what's, what's the name of the dragon? Tussless is it from out of Trina dragon?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: With a big smile, sort of like that, but like bat wings. And it was like fucking huge and fairy. And it was just like dangling from the ceiling in the corner of my room. Fuck. And I remember screaming and my parents would come in and they'd be like, "What what's the matter? There's nothing there. And I'm literally sat there going, it's
1: fucking right,
2: be- oh, well, I'm swearing, I was, like, I, yeah. I was like, right behind you, like, how can you not see it? It's like dangling. And then I was like, quick, get out of my room because he's going to get you. So then they just sort of left my room um, and I kept seeing it, but he never did anything. He just stayed there. Mm. Just He just kept, every night he was there, he was there. <clears throat> and I used to hear people who I thought were calling my name or I thought were talking to me and I'd have full-blown conversations with people that were in waiting rooms and stuff, sat next to me but actually weren't there. And like I was just it was but a lot of the time I wouldn't have clocked it. A weird way I described it before is you know, in the sixth sense, when he's you know, when he's talking to all the dead people, yeah. And he's talking to Bruce Willis the whole time, even though he's not actually there. Mm. It's it's like that, like even though some people are aware that I had like imaginary friends, there were still some people I was telling that I had imaginary friends, it turned out to be imaginary friends. Jeez. <laughs> weird. So um but since then it's it's always been a constant thing. And I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety so many times. Every time I went to the doctors, it was oh you got depression, or you just need new antidepressants, stuff like that. And um and it took uh, <clears throat> it took me when my ex was pregnant with my body um i was having night terrors Mm. and i was like like, my torso was just completely covered in scars because i was scratching myself in my sleep and i used to just wake up and just start battering myself but i wasn't conscious i didn't know i was Mm. doing any of it and um and then that's when they started taking it a lot more seriously again is because i was actually in danger yeah because it's not it wasn't a conscious decision that i was hurting myself it was something that was going on in my sleep and mm. it got to the point where everyone had to take any sharp objects out of my flat in the night times and fuck off somewhere because it was it was an every night thing
0: yeah and and there's you can't you got no control over it, you like
2: it got it got to the point where i was getting people to tie me to the bed because i i, I was never lashing out after anyone, I never hurt anyone else mm. apparently I just wake up crying and there's, there's one, one instance where I was in my mother's house and I must have been it must have been about 20 because I was staying over her house at night and um, she heard me crying and coming into the living room because she lives in a bungalow <coughs> my bedroom's one end of the bungalow and the living room's the other and she heard me crying coming in and um, I had carved a smile into my face oh my and God. I was holding the The door handle that i ripped off my bedroom door i didn't know that i was i didn't even know i was awake yeah and um this is a story that she's told me Mm. after everything um apparently i kept saying they're telling me to smile they're telling me to smile and i carved i carved the smiling with the door with the door handle that i'd taken off and it took up until that point to make people realize oh it's not just depression like yeah. Not just the press, something wrong with him, and then I got referred to the mental health team again, and, and this is like the eighth or ninth time I've been referred to them at this point, and that's when they gave me my diagnosis. Then <clears throat> they stuck me on different antipsychotics, and it's just strange because a lot of people are trying to reach out to medical profession, professionals and stuff, or you know, just carers and stuff like that, counsellors, but. lot of them aren't being taken seriously like they always go to depression first or anxiety first and they won't look another thing
0: yeah and they Uh, it's like uh they will give you antidepressants um or sleeping tablets or this sort of stuff straight away go and take these for a couple of months and we'll see how you go well yeah in some cases like a couple of months could be the difference between like hurting yourself and not hurting yourself like in your case you was hurting yourself, but not
2: still not knowingly,
0: and they were still like not really doing much by the sounds of it. But like you know, another person with the same sort of uh illness could have mm. gone and really, you know, hurt someone else, hurt someone, you know, hurt themselves. Um, like looking back on it now, do you feel like anger towards not necessarily like specific? doctors and stuff but just like that no one picked it up for so long Um,
2: I feel I used to feel a lot of frustration to be like I've missed out on so much of my life just Mm. because no one took me seriously but then I also sort of I kind of get it because so many people are out self-diagnosing at the moment and just doing this and that that they're just they, they probably have so many people coming in with you know with depression anxiety symptoms that they're probably just getting so frustrated themselves and uh, so I, I i i do feel frustration about how everything went but I still kind of understand that it's not um, it's not a very common thing to have going on in my head especially as young as I was
0: i thing it's like schizophrenia as well from the little that I know about it is obviously um not obviously but it's is- like, it's a quite a hard thing to diagnose, yeah. Um, from what I know of, um, but equally, how can I put this? Like, you're not going to be able to diagnose it if you just send someone away with antidepressants or sleeping tablets and say, Come back in three months. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to get yeah. to the bottom of it. Um, and yeah, and the worst part is as well, like you said about the, about the weightiness and stuff is
2: or the month the 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 months on the tablets and stuff like that is someone could be coming to get help as a last resort because they finally thought fuck i can't actually go on like this i need to get help and then for them to get told oh yeah they're waiting this 18 months and you're like hold on i've been waiting fucking two years to actually get the courage to come up dude
0: yeah yeah and they
2: just don't feel like they're important enough to get the help and it's just nice yeah. to a lot of people self-diagnosing and making things a lot worse because then they're self-medicating and self-diagnosis is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous than not getting help at all.
0: Well, uh, in my opinion, one of the worst things like on the internet, apart from obviously the, some of the horrific stuff, but like, yeah. is the fact that people can go and Google their symptoms
2: yeah, and MD and stuff like that. Fucking
0: lethal, mate, because you could, headache, I could go on, like got cancer yeah you could go on and you could you could go and google for ten minutes with like an ache or something in your arm, and you're like, I'm having a fucking heart attack and yeah my yeah. head's gonna then, fall off or whatever it's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> it, anxiety
2: yeah. if you've if you've got bad anxiety, especially you're reading it and then your brain's just making these symptoms happen to you yeah. so like if it says yeah if like you said if if a heart attack's got pain in this arm and your heart's doing this then you start feeling the pain in your arm. And oh like, yeah, oh, shit. hold on, this is happening now, isn't it? And that's what a lot of people don't understand about mental health is the physical symptoms it has, and like the, the shaking, the the pins and needles, the fucking the palpitations, the finding yeah. points of the day. It's just insane.
0: I am um, like not many people know, but um, like like people know where I had like mental health issues and stuff for particularly after my the crash which i had in 2008 but like before i started this podcast now probably about 18 months ago but like i got to the point where i needed some i needed to do something because my mental health was getting worse and worse but my anxiety was like it was getting to the point where i just didn't want to leave the house didn't want to speak to people didn't want to speak to family didn't want to speak to friends i was just quite happy to just stay at home and just yeah and like in the end i said right i'm going to do this i wanted to do it for a couple of years i'm going to do it because that's going to force me to speak to people speak to strangers and speak to people just, i don't know
2: just, i was just about to say considering like what you just said that like, it's incredible that you've actually managed to do as many episodes as you have and spoken to as many people as you have because you pushed yourself you know
0: yeah. yourself out of
2: the comfort zone and
0: I can't handle watching those early ones though. I really dislike it, which is, it's a shame because, yeah, it is. But like, and like people will say, oh, you can't really notice it. But like, I I noticed like how anxious and how like nervous I am and how shaky and how and really uncomfortable I was, particularly in like those first sort of probably like 10, 15 episodes. And I get frustrated then because like some of the, I had some really cool guests on like in those first, Initial episodes, and mm-hmm. I feel like I could have got like I could have been better, but you know, always people you're always going to be like your own worst yeah, you're, critic you're as well. Critic. But um, go on,
2: no, no, carry
0: on. I was just going to say, so like, I can understand why you would might feel like quite frustrated that they didn't pick up on it and they didn't, you know, find like what was going on with you. And like, yeah. like I said, like schizophrenia is obviously is difficult isn't it, to, to diagnose because it's a lot of non-physical um, symptoms, stuff that you can it's, see, it's but other people can't see.
2: In my own head to yeah. actually diagnose properly.
0: But like, like, sorry, I know I asked you this, but like, so how, how young were you when you first saw like that? thing in the corner then
2: about six or seven see that's that must be fucking
0: terrifying for a child to go through because at that age like so you know like say you started getting those symptoms at like 13 14 yeah. you your brain's almost mature enough to to maybe realize oh, something, something's not quite right or maybe like there's a monster in the corner and you can make you can yeah and you can sort of say to your parents look this is happening yeah whereas a six all kids think there's you know someone under the bed or there's you know there's someone's whatever it may be um but when you can actually physically see it and it's not like um so for you know, generally, kids will have like, oh, there's something hiding under the, there's a monster under the bed, or there's a monster behind the curtains, or you know, whatever it may be, which all kids go through. For you, that was obviously a lot more real, whereas yeah. for that's, that's for other kids, it's like shadows and noises and and creaks yeah. and.
2: That's why I, I understand why my parents didn't pay that much attention to yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's something every kid says, and there's a monster in my room. And I remember my dad used to come in, um, and do that sort of "Hello, is anyone here?" And I'd just be like, "Well, yeah, he just fucking answered you." "You (laughs) you." (laughs) But the plus side is that if I did get diagnosed earlier, I wouldn't have been able to express how I'm expressed at the moment. I wouldn't have enough experience of dealing with it on my own to be in control of it if that makes
0: sense Mm. yeah for sure
2: um so when people do come to me and say like they're they're struggling i'm in a better position now than i would have been if they like say if i was like 14 and they were like oh this is what's happening this is how we're going to deal with it i wouldn't have had my teenage years experience of dealing with it on my own so, if someone's been trying to deal with it on their own and they need help with techniques and stuff to deal with it until they've got the courage to go to the doctors, mm. then I'm in a better position now to help them out because I've had to do it.
0: Yeah. So, So I am
2: quite grateful.
0: To yeah. The thing is, like going back to what he said towards the start was that I kind of actually might have said it off air. I can't remember. But. Um, Is like one of the things you learn by in life is your mistakes Um, and you can you can't learn by other people's mistakes but equally you also learn by experiences and I think like I'm a big proponent of like with mental health particularly with like anxiety-based disorders is every single person might have the same in terms of anxiety attacks and palpitations and like panic attacks and stuff like that like mine and your panic attacks could be exactly the same symptom wise but like the way i deal with it and calm myself down or get through it will be completely different to what you do yeah because you just find ways and coping mechanisms and ways to deal with it which work for you as soon like and if you've had that stuff from quite a young age so like for me it was like just after my old man died so like 16 17 i started having like issues with that sort of stuff mm. um but i i just drank and drank and drank and drank um and i did feel like pretty much that's until
2: actually get into. No, like that's something i wanted to touch upon as well was um drinking and like any sort of drug addiction in general because that's how i dealt with seeing that thing in the corner of my room for a long time when I turned about 11, 12 yeah. onwards. He started disappearing because I was getting so off my bonce all the fucking time that it just wasn't. He might he might still be there, but I just wasn't paying attention to him being there anymore. Um, but it's too easy to escape all the time, isn't it? And, oh, yeah. And people who are looking in from the outside will look at someone with a drinking problem, and say, that's an alcoholic, or that's a drug addict. Uh, no they need to quit they need to do this they need to do that and what some of them uh, and what a lot of them don't understand is that this person's trying to get help this person's wait on a waiting list you know trying to get clean trying to stop drinking and they just sort of label them all as the same you know they just lump yeah alcoholic addict they just chuck them all in a box and be like that's who they are and not think about any reasons behind it so like when you were talking about drinking and that was you dealing with your dad's death was it yeah and that was that was your escape then yeah and anybody looking from the outside would have just seen you with a bottle and not seen you know the nights that you're just sitting there crying to yourself because you feel like you know it's the end of the world oh yeah and i seeing all the stuff that's going on behind the closed doors they're just seeing a bottle in your hand and they're just happy to judge it there and then
0: yeah. Um, so like people what people saw me, just for like from for me personally, was they seen me being in the pub from like lunchtime till closing. Yeah. Having a laugh, being, you know, maybe not a life in solo party, but like, you know, just like chatting to people, different people who come in and out of the pub throughout the day and after work and all this sort of stuff, and then in the evening, whereas I would be there all the time. Yeah. And then I would go home and I'd keep on drinking. I'd put depressive music on because I'd go home. uh, uh, Sometimes I'd have, like, some made silver, but often I would go home and start drinking spirits or wine or whatever was in the house, put on some depressive music or, like, put on the doors or something like that, and I would just, like, sit in the garden drinking and smoking and basically, like, just do it until I fell asleep. Yeah, And for me, like it got to the point where the only way that I could keep my job, even though it was only like a, I was working full time and in, uh, in the pub for a bit. And then when I got fed up of that, I was working in a sports shop full time. But the only way that I was able to do that was to start drinking in the morning as well. To like, because I felt so bad after drinking so much the night before and the day before and, and the day before like, that yeah and my anxiety would be 10 times worse you'd have so you the shakes
2: it the dog hair with
0: the dog, mm-hmm. and like so like at that point for me like really like i was only drinking from like 16 to about i don't know 19 because i had like a like a bad experience with mushrooms when i was um what was it i would have been like 14 or 15 um and me and my mate did it for the first time up the garth and we got lost um and the people who were with us who had done it before kind of went off and did their own thing and me and him were up there first time we'd ever done and lost and like i had like the most horrific experience ever like and i'm i'm convinced that that's part of the reason why i've still got issues with anxiety because it was so traumatic well, you like never,
2: you never bounced back from a really bad trip
0: no uh-huh. um and then so i kind of really like i still smoked weed for a bit and then i stopped even doing that because i was so paranoid all the time uh-huh. every time i smoked it and the then i just drank that, um...
2: Sorry, carry
0: on. no i was just gonna say and then i just drank and drank and drank and drank and, drank, and then it was only like probably in my early twenties where I kind of went back towards the other side of it with other stuff. Mm. And I think like, it was only really when I met my wife now that I sorted myself out like, and like she fell pregnant. And it was like, I don't want my kids to see this and I don't want them to see me. I don't want to be like that parent who's, I know, got like a tub up on top of the cupboard or something, which has got a load of pills in or coke in or whatever it may be. And oh, it's constantly got a drink in their hand. And like, just cause I like small with alcohol, like around my own family, like I just, like they always, just always drunk like, and I just, I didn't want that and that was like a changing point for me but um but yeah anyway enough about me let's get back to you
2: oh, bro, i'm interested bro.
0: well it's,
2: it's, it's nice talking to someone that's not 2 years old bro isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it in lockdown rules now
2: <laughs> yeah um
0: so like you sent me some stuff which people had sent you over um
2: oh yeah
0: and uh, one of the things which was uh, which we, they they mentioned was like because we were talking about addiction and stuff. So one of those things was um, su- suicide in addicts who are trying to get help. And we kind of touched on that a little bit where you were saying about, like, how it was, like people are getting up the courage to get help, but then they were on a waiting list for 18 months before they can get that help. And, like, that's a massive problem to me because um, it can take a lot to, to – you know, to say I need help and if, then you've got to wait to get that help after you've admitted your yeah that could be like, like no end to it. Yeah, and I think that could be like a almost like a trigger in itself to go back into bad habits because
2: And that's yeah it's what sends
0: people over the edge. Um now one thing I will say is like drugs and mental health issues do not mix well at all. Um, oh, God, no. Um, and I know, like, I wanted to touch upon kind of that aspect of it. Um, now, it seems to me, like, do you, your mental health seems a lot better than perhaps it's ever been. I don't know, obviously, I've only been yeah. speaking to you over like the last couple of days and stuff, but, like, you seem in a good place from a mental health point of view well, it's um,
2: it's, um it's, it's sort of in between um mm. i'll have my i'll have my days where it's um what the, one of the girls uh one of my best mates jordan she messaged me earlier to talk about it, actually is mm. the manic part of any sort of mental condition is you know the being really happy making all these plans to do stuff spending all this money for no reason just being impulsive and just you know and then being really happy. And then it's the, the dip after it. Oh yeah. But people always talk about the dip. They don't talk about the, the high. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and that is me at the moment. I'm okay at the moment. Mm. Like recently I'm I'm a lot better because I'm in, I'm in a lot more control of myself Mm. and I feel a lot more comfortable in myself than I've ever, than I've ever felt. But, um, but when, when it comes to people seeming OK, sometimes that's when they need the more the most attention and the most help. It's because yeah. you, always, you always hear about people becoming really happy just before they kill themselves or something, like they seem really depressed, yeah, yeah. And then a couple of days before they kill themselves, they're back, they're up there. Mm. And um, so <laughs> these days, if I see somebody that I care about on a downer, I'll, I'll check on them. Uh, you know, as, as you should, but if I also see someone acting a lot happier than they normally do, I'm paying more attention to them because I know there's about to be a drop. Yeah. That
0: makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
2: But yeah, me me personally at the moment, I'm, I'm all right. This, the, the whole thing with the phone and people messaging me and stuff has really helped me as well um, because. I feel a lot better about everything if I'm helping people mm. because uh, I, I used to be such a toxic person to be around. I used to just I used to just bring people down. I used to just do everything I could to make myself feel better. And it's, it's just not me. Do you get what I mean? Mm. It's, it was drilled into me that I needed to be this guy. I needed to be cool. I needed to be this or that to get accepted into these groups of people, that group of people. And then it took me until literally a couple of months ago to realize that the groups of people that I was trying to fit in with aren't the type of people I want to be. So yeah, it's just pointless me trying to, trying to impress them because they're not going to be with me where I want to go. Like I want to go this way. They want to go that way. So why am I trying to get on the same path
1: as them?
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is like, first and foremost, if someone wants to be, if you want to like anyone, Like, I'm a firm believer that if you want to be healthy, like, from a mental health point of view, you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Um, And, like, whilst it's good to have targets and goals and I want to do this and I want to do it, I want to be here by this time or I want to do this or I want to do that, what that can do as well is if you don't hit those targets or you don't get to that place where by the time you've got in your head, that can also... Produce like a bit of a spiral into like a panic, depression yeah. or like yeah a yeah, panic sort of because you feel like you've not achieved or you've underachieved and it could be like, like a
2: failure difficult yeah yeah hundred yeah. um, percent and that's that's why these days when when people say what 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 am I planning on doing in the future I don't have a definite plan of where I want to be I have a vision of what my, I want my life to be the things I'm paying more attention to is the tiny little thing the the day by day thing, mm. like I'm going to need to do this this week. And it's only going to be something really little, like do the dishes. But yeah. as long as I get that done, it's something productive, something that's benefiting myself. And to, like a lot of people are too much too focused on where they want to be without the gap in between of how am I going to get there?
0: Yeah, so definitely, that's mate. One of the questions I got sent in to ask you was, um, do you think, uh, so basically the question was, if you signed a multimillion dollar pound contract for your music now, mm. do you think you'd spend the money differently to how you would have three years ago, four years ago?
2: A million percent, one million percent. <laughs> These days, I'd be focused more on, um, I, I don't know, like trying to push, not push people, but trying to get people to come together, get people to reach out. So I'd probably, I have no idea how I'd do it, but i try and set up some sort of program to get, you know, people who are struggling with addiction, you know, sort of like rehab sort of thing. Like, you know mm. I
0: mean?
2: I've absolutely no idea what i I'd do, but i definitely try and
0: help people. Like... I'd,
2: yeah, I'd get in touch with someone who would know what sort of things would be helping them. Mm. I'd tell them the type of people I'm trying to help and hopefully we'd come up with something like that. Whereas three years ago I'd have spent it all on fucking Valium and whiskey like do you know <laughs> what I mean? And um and it's yeah like that that multi million fucking I would be dead. Like if I if I got signed a couple of years ago I'd be dead by now.
0: Yeah Maybe. I was gonna say that I like I uh, I always say like if I had come into like millions We're in my early twenties, I'd have been dead within a year easy yeah. because I would have just, just no no doubt whatsoever. Like, but, um, um, it's okay. So going back to just like, what do you think, um, in terms of helping people with addiction, what would you like to see happen? Uh, to one reduce the numbers of people who were addicted um so i did a couple of shows on addiction i did a show with a guy um people laugh like when i say this but um i done a show a uh, two part it was four and a half hour show with this guy from america who yeah. became addicted to porn right um, and yeah. and he ended up in prison um and all sure. this stuff because of this addiction mate and i tell you what It was fucking frightening, the 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 way he went, mate. I
2: wasn't expecting you to say that at all.
0: No, well that's and people don't. But like my thing is, like he started off just like watching a bit, and then it was like he was watching it in work. He was watching it every single second of a day, like that he could get any opportunity to watch it. He was watching it sat on the on the living room, like while he was watching TV with his family he'd have like his headphones in watching it on his tablet or his phone or whatever. And, um, eventually, so basically cut, like a long story short, eventually like he, um uh, got bored of just like watching videos and films and stuff, mm. um, and clips and whatever. So what he would, what he would do is he would go into these like chat rooms. So it'd be something like, kind of like what me and you've got now where you're speaking to someone on a camera, um, and whatever he was doing. But, what happened was he went on this like it was a reputable like site or whatever so he says but one of the people we ended up speaking to and doing whatever was under 18 or under 21 in america i don't know which like they weren't like a full-on like you know child but it was like someone who was not an adult um and the police busted down his door he got arrested he has to sign the sex offenders register forever and ever blah blah blah. and like so he he does a lot of he's written books and he's gone he goes speaking to schools to people about like this, this uh like the dangers of porn and the internet and all this sort of stuff like to me like it it did ruin his life and I do believe that he was addicted. Like, and this is only my personal opinion. Like, I'm not an expert in it. I'm not an expert in porn.
2: Yeah,
0: that's it. No, <laughs> no. Like, like I do believe that he was addicted because he, he, like, he just couldn't stop yeah. watching it. And like, what happened to him? I, I felt sorry for him because he was unfortunate in that. He wasn't looking for that, but that's what people see now. They see him as a like a registered sex offender, and he did this. He was, he was on a video because they see the headline or they see the label. But actually, if you look into his story, it's not quite as simple as that. Yeah. And and he didn't know, but equally, like, he, you know, and to be fair to him, he never once said to me, like, he felt hard done by Or it was like It wasn't his fault He never said that He was all uh, like got, about Yeah totally He said I should have checked If I wasn't And he said it had happened before Like he saw someone And she had said That she was 18 But he didn't believe her So he had skipped on But the, this
2: Because some people Will just say they're 18
0: Of course they will um, Do you
2: remember know what happened To Akon Years ago And you've no. a fucking song say, uh, so- a song out called Sorry Believe It On Me yeah. in like a club or something and it was an over 21s club and like this girl was grinding on him and he like grabbed her or something and it turns out she was like underage and then it's like well, what the fuck was she doing in that club in the first place then?
0: yeah like, her in? yeah and that's it mate and it's it's like it's dangerous mate and i like you can have your whole life turned upside down by something like that yeah. which and but anyway like... go back to my like my original point was done a couple of shows on different addictions, like pain, uh, like painkillers and like oxys and that sort of stuff.
2: Oxys and morphine were my weakness. See,
0: I can see, so I take oxycodone now for my back and that, and I've been on that or morphine since 2008, but I, I've never like gone over my, you know Dos- prescribed dosages and that yeah. because by the time i went on to it i was pretty sorted from that side of things but i could see how people get addicted to that stuff because like if i'm late taking my dosage because i I'm, might know i'm at the shop or the doctors or whatever it may be yeah. i can feel myself sweating and yeah. i and a couple of times like when there's been a bank holiday and i fucked up my repeat prescription and I've had to go like a weekend where I haven't had my tablets like till the Tuesday or something because it's you a bank holiday. Oh, mate! You know, fucking, I it's, it's frightening because you'd be having like you could feel like the the start of a fit coming on. You're like yeah. you're fucking, you're sweating, Your start shaking. Yeah, you go hot, you go cold, and it's scares the shit out of me to the point where i want to get off them now but i'm in so much pain all the time that i yeah kind of like stuck so i'm trying to catch like, three at
2: the moment really then.
0: yeah but what, what what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get someone who runs a cbd oil company to sponsor one of my shows so cool. i can try and try that but um that's another story What would you like um, to see um I don't know I guess like how would you like to see apart from there obviously being less addicts but also like what help would you like to see people with various addictions do I'd like you to get I'd better like, like... See
2: addicts all treated as individuals and not just as an addict because every single person has got a different reason that they're an addict mm. they might be trying to you know Gain the same thing as each other by escaping or trying to feel better, but everybody's got their reasons of why they ended up. And you know, where the, too many people are arguing about whether it's a disease or whether it's a it's a choice. Either way,
0: who gives a shit? While Let's they're just look, on help people,
2: yeah. While they're focusing on if it's a disease or not, there's people actually suffering out there and dying out there because they're not paying attention to it. So yeah, I'd like they... to see, I'd like to see a lot more workers treating like talking to them on an individual level instead of just prescribing stuff you know i'd like to see a lot more counselors working one-on-one instead of just groups
0: so a few years ago i um i was gambling loads and i don't necessarily think i was like a gambling addict but i was gambling a lot i was gambling money which i didn't really have to spend yeah um and it was like when it was a good Good day, good week, I would win a lot. And hmm. when it wasn't, I would lose a lot. And it's like the highs and lows of that were co- causing massive issues for me in my personal life and real life. So oh, I Gamble decided is, I spoke yes, it's
2: to the domino effect, I suppose, isn't it
0: Yeah. So I I decided like that I've probably got an addictive personality anyway. So I yeah. decided right, I'm gonna contact uh, GamCare the charity because they had an online anonymous chat and I spent like 30 minutes just speaking to someone going through what I was doing going through why I knew I shouldn't be doing it but I couldn't quite stop myself from doing it for whatever reason Yeah. and I did that for a couple of nights in a row just spoke to him for like half hour 40 minutes in the evenings on this anonymous chat and I was able to get a hold of it before it was too much of an issue yeah. like it was an issue that's I just, why I spoke to back, him Lost control. Yeah, like I was able. I know people who from gambling have lost their wives, their kids, their yeah. jobs, everything. Like, um, and that was nothing. Like, I like if I lost my missus, I that'd be me done because she's got me through so much shit. Like, and got yeah. me through so much. Like, <clears throat> I I know for a fact like that'll be that'll be me done. Like, I just wouldn't be able to. And the fact
2: that you actually acknowledge that as well is brilliant because a lot of people aren't looking at everybody else when they're doing it and that when they're doing what whatever it is they're addicted to. They're not thinking what's going to happen with the wife, what's going to happen with the kid, what's going to happen with this or that person. They're just thinking, Ah, oh,
0: this feels yeah. good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'd like to see more um like anonymous live chats where people can go. Because I yeah. think in this day and age, if you can get, like, a text service or a, a, a an online chat, it's easy to, to do. You, like, pay people to be like you would any other call yeah. centre.
2: Like smart and sort of phone line and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and in this day and age, people, especially younger people, like, coming out of their teens and stuff, like, access to stuff is so easy these days. Mm-hmm. Whether it's porn, whether it's gambling, whether it's drinking and, and Drugs, whatever, it's, it's easier than it's ever been, ever. Like, I always joke like when I was a teenager, like we used to smoke soap bar, and then every now and oh, again,
2: that, that, yeah, that takes me back, bro.
0: But then every every now and again, you'd get some skunk, and that would be like fucking Christmas. Yeah. But these days, yeah. you soap bar is like unheard of. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm everything, sure everything is everything is some sort of skunk now I've got zero problem with like people smoking weed i think it should be legal I think that they should use the medical like the medical side of it should be explored properly like yeah. it's been in America they should be the pharmaceutical grade uh, medicinal marijuana should be available in this country it's ridiculous that it's not um And that's not just because I would use it; it's because I can see the benefits to yeah. everyone. Um,
2: like me personally, I can't,
0: I can't smoke it purely, be, but that's
2: literally just because. Of my no, me either. And that's that's just me though. And there's so many benefits for other people to be using it, and especially when it comes to like tablets and drinking and stuff. Like, why are they prescribing tablets that can damage you? why why are they letting people buy fucking bottles of shit that's just going to ruin their lives yeah well look
0: at people yeah look at the look at the example like just if you just use me as an example like i'm in agony all the time so i need pain relief to get through the day be able to get up and get dressed and do whatever so they give me pharmaceutical grade oxys yeah and and the fast acting ones as well just to be able to function yeah, I got short tech and long tech.
2: Yeah.
0: So like just to be able to get through the day. But I could be using CBD oils and all the different tablets and medicines linked to that. Wouldn't be doing the same damage. Um Like a couple of years ago, I started to smoke again because I wanted the, the pain relief from it. Yeah. But I had to stop because I couldn't handle what it was doing to my head. Basically, like if I was able to get oils and stuff back then where I could have the, the pain relief and the anxiety relief, but not have the because it wasn't relieving my anxiety, it was yeah. making it worse. Like, so
2: yeah, it was panic attacks and stuff. I find I was just white, in. white yeah. in was a big problem for me, bro, and it was just sending me fucking loop beat, like, even with, even with weed, like a lot of people are like, oh, you can't get addicted to weed. You can't do this. And it's like, yeah, well you can't get physically addicted to it. it. But I know so many people that have let it take over their lives completely mm. and just stop blank because they're just not addicted to the actual substance. They're just addicted to the escape that it gives them. is it?
0: Yeah. And, and I do think, think, sorry, mate, go on. I think a lot of people,
2: I really I think it should be legalized for obvious reasons, to be honest. Mm. Um, but i also think that it's something that can be abused just as much as everything else
0: yeah definitely mate i think um being the father of two teenagers as well is like i like i would be terrified if them doing smoking as much as i used to smoke when i was their age yeah because the strength of it, it would drive it would drive them fucking insane mate if they smoked that's, like i smoked back in that's
2: what i've got the th- my teenagers a lot of my schizophrenia for like I, I smoked a lot when I was a teenager and it just made it a fucking million times worse.
0: Oh, yeah. I, um, so, yeah, I think like online chats and text services, I think are a good way to help people with addictions manage their, uh, whether it's a crisis, whether they're struggling, whether they want to make that first step to get help, whether yeah. it's they just feel like things are getting on top of them if you feel like there's always someone to go to then that's going to be a help um obviously there's a high percentage of people with addictions who go on to commit suicide which is unfortunately is a side effect of whether it's um you know whether it's the, the the coming off stuff and you feel so bad or it's the you don't have the money to feed your addiction or turn into crime to feed your addiction. Whatever you know, well, there's obviously it's not in every case. There's various different,
2: they're in jail as well. Like that's like serious addiction will always end in two ways. It's either either jail or death. Yeah. Like
0: the problem is when you go to jail is that
2: there's more drugs in jail than there are. Yeah.
0: You just get more addicted to stuff. If not, stuff, which is, worse like
2: yeah it's just because yeah, you end up you end up on subbies you end up just on on anything that's a distraction because there's even less in there to distract you than when you're out here.
0: Mm. yeah it's um, it's a difficult subject isn't it I, I think like one of the things for me is I just want people whether they're addicted to stuff or they're struggling with like stress related stuff or anxiety or mental health disorders, whatever it may be. It's like having the places where people can go to get help. So if they're comfortable texting, make sure they've got places they can text to get help. Yeah. They'd rather phone or go in person It's making sure that those things are in place um, and not being judged. I think every person with mental health issues or addiction issues or anxiety issues is terrified of being judged when they tell people.
2: And a lot of the time, especially in doctor surgeries and stuff, when you go in and be like, this is, this is what's wrong with me. You never end up actually saying what's wrong with you because you work yourself up so much to actually be in there. You're just trying to get back out of the door as quick as you can. So you never actually get out what your, all your symptoms are because you're just like, a bit rough they're like oh it's anxiety okay all right sick bye sure. and you get out of there and you feel even fucking worse because you just missed your chance to do yeah you,
0: you got the courage to go there and then you didn't tell them what the thing was that you wanted yeah. to go there for yeah it's um... that's
2: why i got that's why i got this phone in the end is because even though a lot of people were reaching out to my facebook when i was putting the posts up about getting in touch obviously like, like a lot of people if, if, if It could be someone that knows me that doesn't want to be that open with me. It could be someone that's mm. never met me that just doesn't feel comfortable talking to a stranger that knows their name and their face and everything that comes up on Facebook. It? So I just said, you know, withheld your number, leave an answer for a message or send it a text or something like that because, you know, it's, at
0: least there's something in it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, mate. Um, and I, like I said earlier, I think it's a wicked thing. Do you um so you you're completely drug free now then? Yeah. How long's that for? Um, uh I've been drug like
2: drug free for quite a while and I've been without alcohol for I'll tell you exactly how many <laughs> how many days <laughs> I've been without alcohol. Seconds.
0: Uh
2: it's been one hundred and
0: thirty nine days. Wow. That's amazing. So was the alcohol because I know like like you've seen in your videos, in your in your posts and stuff about, like you've got a uh, a taste for Jack Daniels. Mm. Um, was that like a a personal choice, or was it? This is getting too much. It's not doing me any favors. I want to stop.
2: It well, every every year I take like a month or two off drinking anyway, just to make sure that I still can. Yeah, because I don't want to end up you know, because at one point I used to just keep a bottle of whiskey in the living room, the bottle of whiskey by my bed. So when I woke up in the night, if I, if I made it the bed, if I, when I woke up in the night, instead of having a glass of water, I just have a couple of shots of whiskey yeah. and just go back to sleep. And, um, so when I did start drinking again, I was terrified that it was going to end up going the same way. So I just do cycles now of a couple of months. I'll have a drink every now and then, but then if I notice that it's getting, more than once or twice a week, I'll take time off. Okay. my body a break, Make sure that I can still get my body a break to make sure that I can actually say no. I've got a bottle of Jack in the cupboard in the kitchen, a full bottle that I have that I bought the day before lockdown started, and I was going to have a drink on 100 days because yeah. that's how long I was going to give myself. But then I thought, it's just, if I had a drink on 100 days, it's pointless because there's no one year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just it'll just be me drinking on my own, and that's just not, for the that, sake of it. Yeah. And that the only time I particularly want to drink is, you know, around a campfire or, you know, beers at a barbecue or something. From now on, do you get know
0: what I mean? Mm. So, like, that's good though because that shows that, like, you're you're well, like, well aware of the 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 easy way you can get it back into bad habits. So that oh. clearly shows, like, that you're 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 managing that pretty well by the sounds of it. And um, and equally, like, you know. At any point, you could have had a drink in those 139 days, or in the yeah. you know in lockdown, you could have had a drink at any point. It's, it's there if you wanted it, but you you chose not to. Um. So one of the other things which um, people wanted to to hear you talk about was um, was eating disorders, um, kind of not not being able to eat, not letting yourself eat, overindulging, or throwing up meals.
2: I find. Personally, my problem with eating is uh, what well, used to be. I used to try and force food down me because until I was probably about twenty two, I was only about seven and a half stone, mm. and like I just looked like I was going to blow over in the wind. But I spent my whole life being super skinny, and like just trying to eat as much as I can to you know get bigger, and then throw it all up because I. My body just wasn't, couldn't handle that much food, and it, it it's led to these days. I started putting on weight. I started getting healthier again, and sometimes I will look in the mirror and I'll be like, "Am I fat or am I skinny?" Like, do you get what I mean? I'll, yeah. I'll be like, "Or am I skinny fat?" I'm like, what what do I need to do? Do I need to cut down fat? Do I need to put on more muscle? What do I? And then I'm thinking, "What am I eating? The right stuff? Am I doing this? Am I doing that?" And then I'll go weeks thinking, okay, I need to just not eat as much. And then I'll be going weeks. I do need to eat more. And then sometimes that if I do eat too much, I'll be like, oh, I need to throw that back up. And it's a real problem that a lot of people have. It's Body dysmorphia in it when you...
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, body dysmorphia and it. I think it's, is it bulimic when you throw up your food after
2: and um but like when you look at your mirror when you look in the mirror and you're just like fixating on you you see something different to what everyone else sees in it mm. and you focus on something that you don't like and i'm not sure if that's what that's what it is but like I, I think that's what it is <laughs> but like sometimes like you just one one of the girls who uh brought that subject up to me is uh said about throwing food up because she feels like she doesn't deserve the satisfaction of eating it i think she said mm. and um oh, let me just double check that i <laughs> got that right mm. now ah yeah throwing it up because you don't you feel like you can't allow yourself to enjoy something okay and that's that's, that's self-harm yeah like and in yourself. itself like obviously a lot of people only think self-harm is cutting yourself or you know doing something physical to harm yourself but you know there's eating disorders of self-harm you know but keeping yourself awake when you're absolutely knackered that's self-harm or the opposite of forcing yourself to stay in bed because you just can't face the world that's still self-harm and you know it's it just comes under
0: i don't know how to explain it to be honest it's just there's um there's like a broad spectrum in there of like that's how broad. you that's can damage damage your damage yourself and it? it's like yeah and particularly if you've got problems with depression or anxiety or you know whatever it may be it's like quite often you can find ways to punish yourself um So whether that be like you just said about like someone might not feel like they deserve to enjoy their food or Mm. like quite often what I do, I still do it, is if I'm feeling like I had a bad day or I'm feeling really shit, like I'll make myself stay awake so that I can think about it and go round and round in my head. like And like all that does is make me feel worse, but it's that's something that I've always done. Um,
2: it's similar to um, do you ever get that you're sitting down to have something to eat and then for some reason you just decide you're going to think about something that's just going to put you off your food, something that really upsets you or gives you stupid anxiety and you're like, fuck, lost my appetite. Yeah. Because that's something I find I do a lot is especially if I have a takeaway or something i will be iffy about spending a certain amount on food but when it actually gets you I'd be like, fuck, I'm starving, sit down to eat it pop a fucking you know, an, an image in my head of my girlfriend cheating on me or some shit like Mm. that, something that would hurt me on purpose. And then I'd be put off my food and I have absolutely no idea why I do it.
0: Mm.
2: And like, that's, that's why I try and stay away from any sort of relationship at the moment is because I'm not in a position to be happy in one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, um, You put it like talking of relationships, you put an interesting post up, I think it was yesterday, um, about one of the songs. Um, I forget which song it was now. Um mixed messages. Yeah. About um like how you treated um an ex girlfriend like years ago and you didn't realise like how toxic you were being and how like nasty you were until, you know, years go years later and yeah. But it's like, it's one of them things isn't it? I've been in a similar situation where I didn't realize like what a dick I had been mm. until like 10 years later. And like, for me, I tried to apologize to the person, but I think they took it as I was trying to like, get back to, together with them or something yeah. I like 10 years and later. That's, that's and it wasn't that, to... wasn't that at all. Like I was just trying to say, look, I know I was horrible and I was a dick. Yeah. I didn't. You're just acknowledging that
2: you did wrong.
0: Yeah. Shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have treated you like a.
2: That's what I was trying to get across with that post, was because I didn't want people thinking that the song was just an attempt at getting a girl back, because then that takes away from the entire point of the song. Mm. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want to get in touch with her because the best decision that girl ever made was moving on from me.
0: Yeah.
2: And, I'm okay with that because I would have fucking ruined her life even more. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, Because I would never have learned to grow up because it would, she would have just kept putting up with it. And I'd have just, I'd have just got worse and worse and worse.
0: She's a reoccurring cycle then.
2: Yeah. And um, she's, she's, um, she's moved on now. She's getting married. She's, you know, good for her, isn't it? And, uh, and I just needed to get that off my chest and it was inappropriate to, Text someone, do you know what I mean? Just yeah. engaged, like five years after breaking up and being yo. By the way, sorry for being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so I just when I read all the texts because obviously I found my old phone, and all the texts were the first things that came up, and it was just a massive argument we were having, and it was just towards I, the, end I, of the relationship.
0: I hate doing that. Like I've looked mm. at, like even like me and my missus, like I've. Been scrolling through old texts, and I'll have seen like a stupid argument we be having over text or something. If I, I things that you say in it, little
2: oh, things, you yeah. say, or insults that you're throwing around, and you're like, "Why the fuck was like? Why did I think that was okay?" Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's so, nothing worse than reading old old texts like that. It's horrible. Because um, so that song ended up
2: just being what I would have responded to mm-hmm. the text, but no she's not. Chances are, she's never going to hear that song and mm. that's fine because that's the song isn't for
0: it's you, not for here
2: it's for people to clock that you know just stop and think you like, are being a dickhead in your relationship like you. Know what i mean even if you don't think you are check yourself and like that's that's something that i still struggle with in my personal life so mm. i'm because like they say in it you can't you need to be comfortable in yourself and in your own life and the relationship should add on to it, not become your life.
0: Yeah.
2: 100%. And I need to make sure that I'm comfortable and confident enough myself that if I do ever get into it get into a relationship again, that I'm never gonna end up as controlling as I've been, as toxic as I've been, as condescending as I've been, and just putting myself on a pedestal and not caring about whoever else, you know, anyone else's feelings.
0: Yeah, I think The other aspect of that, though, mate, as well, is that like we talked about learning from mistakes you make um, and life experiences is hopefully you will make those same mistakes again because you'll be able to like one thing you do seem to be very adept at is checking yourself and whether it's just give yourself a break from drinking or if you feel like you're struggling so hopefully, like when that situation arises, or if it if it arises and you 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 find yourself saying something you shouldn't or saying something that's not needed, you'll be able to do the same thing that you've been able to do with other aspects of fear. yeah.
2: Yes, it's, it's at the moment the way I see it all is like I'm I'm still a work in progress. Do you mm.
0: know what I mean? Everyone is, mate.
2: In progress, and like eventually. I like I've always wanted to settle down with kids and stuff since I was little you know and not settle down with kids settle down <laughs> with a woman <laughs> and have kids <laughs> <laughs> but um but that's that's how I wanted my life I wanted I wanted a wedding I wanted you know yeah I wanted you know the love of my life or whatever innit? and then I grew up and started thinking like that's that's not how life goes you know I thought that it just came to you So when I was in relationships, I was just like, okay, me and this person are going to end up getting married. I don't really need to put the effort in. Mm. And uh, so what I'm working to do now is make sure that I'm strong enough mentally to push out the urges to say stupid things or, you know, just say hurtful things in general, or, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the guy that checks phones. I don't want to be that insecure in it. So I just need to make sure that I'm confident enough to, deal
0: with it basically so yeah i think it's about like um like we said like being comfortable in your own skin so that then you can add a relationship into that life and that comfort and that then people will see the best version of you and meet the best version of you yeah but at the end of the day like i'm a firm believer that once you stop trying to learn is generally when things are going to go downhill because you can always learn something about yourself, about the way you are, about the way you behave, about the way you look at things, about the way you interpret what other people say, the way you react to what people, if someone says something to you, which is hurtful, or even if it's designed to get a reaction from you, how you deal with that is like, you can always learn, learn stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, The way, the way,
0: every day is a school day as they say
2: yeah and i'm trying to learn my lessons while not damaging other people in the process and uh and it took it took me years to figure out how to do it but like i I figured it out like i mean (laughs) like i'm i'm a lot better with people than i used to be and Mm. you know it probably won't be too long until i'm ready to be in a relationship again but you know, I want to make sure that I'm not damaging anyone's lives in general. Mm. I want to make sure that I'm doing my best. For Travis is my boy, Travis, um, because he's everything to me. To he's my best mate. He's he's fucking he's golden. He's a little prick sometimes, but you know he's that's mm-hmm. the kids are, is it? But um, I want to make sure that he's always coming first.
0: Yeah. And really that's the way, man that's the way um okay so the last couple of um kind of subjects which people said and one of them was uh, like a lack of self-hygiene which i think flies under the radar for people um like people who are struggling particularly with um like anxiety or like depression stress induced kind of mental health issues i think that's a massive thing, because yeah, before going, you know it, you could have been in you could have been in your pajamas for a week, yeah, haven't had a wash, haven't brushed your teeth, haven't really left your room other than to go and, and have a piss and or a cigarette or whatever, even and, bringing
2: yourself to actually go in the bath or go in the shower and then just not actually washing when you're in there mm. and just sitting there fucking miserable. And yeah, like not like me myself, I, I've never ever cared about how i look like appearance wise but mm. that's not that's that's never been down to like any sort of depression that's just because i just don't fucking care like do you know what i mean like I, I look how i look and um but there is also the times where i've worn the same joggers for like a month without taking them off mm. but that's that was because of depression because yeah like, there's a difference between me not caring how i look appearance-wise, and then just me not caring.
0: Yeah, not taking care of yourself. like.
2: Yeah, and that's why it's like it sounds awful because I don't want people thinking to go and you need to go and have a kid to get yourself into a routine. Like, that's not a fix. But I found that since I've had my body, it's forced me into a routine. I have to get the flat clean before he comes over. I have to make sure that there's nothing on the floor that you can hurt himself with. And I have to make sure that I'm going to bed and waking up and i need to look after myself in order to look after him but there's a lot of people that don't have that person depending on them that won't have that boot up the ass and they and those are the people that i want to like reach out to because with like this it sounds it sounds ridiculous right but with my music i make the music i make at the moment so people don't feel like they're alone and that's exactly what I'm doing with the phone with people messaging me. I just don't want anybody feeling like they're alone. And because of my mental health, I've always been, I've got a 27 for the, uh, with the club next to it for, for the 27 club. Cause mm. my, um, my, my the voices in my head always used to tell me that I'm going to die when I'm 27, that I'm going to, and that's what's going to happen. So um, I want to make sure that I leave enough music that people can relate to that if anything does ever happen to me that they're still not alone <laughs> like they're still you know part of part of one big family and mm. i just want everybody to just smile that little bit <laughs> you get what i mean
0: yeah yeah um, i am um, i admire him, mate i but gotta say you've got um a real vibe of wanting to help people. Um, And I think when you consider some of the issues, which you've had yourself,
2: Mm.
0: no one could blame you if you said, look, I've got to just focus on me. And I Mm. like, I can't deal with other people's shit at the moment. I got to just focus on what I got to focus on. Yeah. But not only are you focusing on your own shit, but you're also trying to help other people while doing it. And you That's, should be um, proud of that, mate, to be honest. It's, it's
2: it's something I'm proud of, but it's also something that I owe entirely to my mother. Mm. Cause she okay. dealt with so much of her own shit growing up, but she always made sure that me and my sister were happy. No matter what my dad was doing to us, my mother always made sure that, you know, we were happy, we were smiling, we were healthy. And I, I just think it's rubbed off on me. And like the message is, that messages I get from people saying, Oh, you're amazing for doing this. Or, you you know, I, I try and ignore them as much as possible because I don't want my brain going, Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, I don't want it going to my head or anything because yeah, that's yeah. not why I'm doing it. I don't care what people think of me. I just want to make sure that people are happy. And if I can have something to do with it, then I'll do it. I'll do my best to do it. You know what I
0: mean? Hmm, 100%, mate. Sorry, um, I, I, I seen
2: that I, walk, I I fucking talk
0: in circles a lot, man. Right? <laughs> no, you're right, mate. This uh, me and you both. Me and you both. Um, okay, so the the last uh, the last kind of subject which on there was um, struggling to communicate. Um, on the, yes, yeah. I mean that's an interesting one because I think anxiety could be so fucking debilitating it can mm-hmm. like I avoid I still point. do it now any, like I'm in about as good a place as I've been in a very long time at the moment but like I some days I just avoid everything and everyone well, other than my missus my kids
2: like, clicking the link to this earlier my fucking chest was going yeah. because I haven't had to talk to anyone for ages yeah you know I mean like like this like I have a conversation I haven't had to hold a conversation so long and it, anxiety is really just something that well, it just makes your brain go blanket. You know, when <clears throat> one of my first ever battles, I was thinking, oh, great. You know, I can rap. I've got these rounds for him. You know, I'm going to win this fucking battle. And then as soon as the cameras were on me and the crowd was there, my fucking rounds were gone. <laughs> and I couldn't even freestyle then either, because all I could think about was I've just fucked up. Yeah. And, and it's the same. And like when people say, I don't know how you can do it when it comes to battle rapping because of that pressure. I don't know how some people can actors. I don't know how actors can
0: memorize act all their lines. And act and
2: pretend act. To it. I don't know how actors are confident enough to act like that in a room. And it took me till I created, like, until I started filming music videos properly to realize the more ridiculous you look to everyone around you when you're filming. The better the video is gonna look, mm. but but years ago I'd sit there and I'd be like, he looks like a twat.
0: Like, <laughs> you know <what> mean? <laughs> why is he
2: prancing around in front of the camera like that? Then just to just to see how sick the, the video turned out. So then I started acting like a twat in front of the camera, and that's when my confidence started coming back. But stuff like this it still brings me anxiety. Not as much as it used to, but it's just this is new to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've yeah. Done This before. And I um, was on another podcast with ooh, two of my best mates now, Brightley and Foster, um, when they were still doing their podcast, and I was just as nervous as it. And, you know, I know them. <laughs> I know yeah, them really yeah. well. And it's just, I, I, I don't know what it is. It, but anxiety is, well, this is, I tell you what, this is a prime example of how anxiety affects communication because I just went on a massive rant and said absolute fuck all (laughs) (laughs) but that's because when I'm when I'm talking I get anxious thinking where am I going with this story? Yeah and then I end up just going on different stories.
0: (laughs) Well there's different there's different um like there's different aspects to anxiety in there. You can have like where you want to stay at home and not speak to anyone, not see anyone, you don't want to text anyone you don't want to just want to be left alone or you could be lose your train of thought all the time or you can be uncomfortable speaking so you can speak you'd like you mumble or you speak quietly or you can you can go the other way whereby you're so anxious that you get really outlandish and say stupid shit or you get really loud or like there's so many different aspects and platforms and different ways that it can go and i think you know don't get me wrong. Like people's opinions on mental health is getting better all the time. Yeah. And I think the more we talk about it and the more people talk about it and their issues. And I think that's half the battle It's not just talking about mental health generally and going, you know, we all suffer from mental health issues. So let's all help each other and let's just uh, spread awareness of mental health. No, let's, let's talk to each other. Let's talk about our shit. Let's lay our shit all out on the table and say, look, I suffer with this. Every day I deal with this and this is what it does to me. This is how I, I deal with it. This is how I don't deal with it. Some days it's harder than others. And then someone watching it will go, oh, it hell, that's what I do. And then it hopefully it's like a knock-on effect where they talk to someone and say, oh, did you see that? Or did you see so-and-so talking about that? Or did you read this? And it's just trying to, do it that way
2: of, that's a lot of how i approach my music is i want to try and leave myself as vulnerable and exposed as possible to make yeah to to let because a lot of people they'll share certain parts of their mental health or they'll share certain aspects of things that are wrong with them but then stuff that's really embarrassing to them they'll they just won't touch upon but they'll be like i've shared this much of it but i'm just going to keep this bit in, you know locked away but if I don't keep that bit locked away and just lay it all out and just be like, look, this is, this is me. This is what's going on. then like you said, yeah, hopefully people will click like clock on and be like, Oh, so it's not just me that does that. Mm. All right, okay. So I can talk about this now. Do you get what I mean? Because the reason people are so scared to talk about it is because they think it's only them doing it. And the more yeah. people that talk about it, the more normal it seems to have those behaviors and then the more comfortable people will end up becoming because it's a normal thing to, you know, talking about it is a normal thing
0: to do at that point. Yeah, spot on mate, that is, that's um, exactly that, it's it's just letting people know that, yeah, it's difficult and it's sometimes it can be like that podcast I talked about earlier, like which went on for a couple of hours, it was it, it was an emotional rollercoaster and it was exhausted, mm. but it not only helped me, but it also I like seemed to help other people. Yeah. So, like, that's good. So let's keep doing get, you that.
2: that. You get you get that feeling, but there, don't you, in your chest? you like, and and that, that you know, like little butterflies in your stomach when someone says that you've actually helped them, and you're like, oh, you know what? I actually feel good about that.
0: Like yeah. I mean? and to me, like, I'd rather have that one person contact me and say, "Oh, your show talking about schizophrenia, or your show talking about bipolar, or whatever." That really helped me because I was having a really bad day, and that that was really difficult. I'd rather have that from one person than have a video or a podcast have a million views or downloads or whatever. And yeah. like, I'd much rather have that.
2: Yeah, maybe, I uh,
0: that's, about, maybe that's stupid of me, but
2: no, it's not just the way but I feel. About about ten years ago, I made a, a mixtape called T-Total. Because uh, just because it was a play on my name, and I was on a lot of drugs, um, but there was one song on it called "Wake Up Sleepy Head" that I made after my best mate passed on, mm. um, and it was just me, literally just crying into the microphone, just like uh, I refuse to believe that you want not just asleep, you're just resting pretty deep, eyes close to count the sheep, and it's basic lyrics because I couldn't write for shit back then, and uh, but it was, it, it was lyrics that I was feeling. You know, they were words that I was actually trying to say to him because I couldn't speak to him anymore. And I remember I got a message off somebody I'd never spoken to before. And this was just when I was, I was just recording in my mother's living room with Jeremy Kyle on in the background. If you mm. took the instrumental out, you can just hear you're, you're not the father or something in the background. <laughs> but um, I had a text and it said, thank you, man. I was feeling really down. That really helped me get through the night. And then I was like, well, that's my job done now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I can yeah. buy a happy man like, because I've helped someone and um, i was talking to one of the boys about what um actually i've been talking to a couple of artists recently about what they actually want to get out of music and i noticed how many different reasons people are actually making music like there's some people that want to get all the views or some people want to get all the money i obviously you know money helps to be able to carry on doing it but um I'd, i'd rather Make sure that I'm connecting with the people who are listening, rather than just trying to get more people listening. And and the fact that I wasn't expecting when I got the physical CDs printed, I was expecting to sell like five, and you know, ones to my mother,
0: like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm.
2: And then um, it just fucking blew me away. Then when people just started messaging, 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 asking for CDs, and then. And my little emotional moment where I fucking paid the rent with the CD fucking sales, and I just never thought that was going to happen. But um, and that's why I'm getting the the tattoo of all the signatures of people who have bought it because it's just a massive part of me and who I am. And I want them to be a part of my journey for as long as I'm still on it. You get know
0: what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And that must have been like quite a humbling moment to pay your rent from the CD money just for mate. like a.
2: Cried my eyes out.
0: <laughs> I'm not
2: even ashamed to say it, bro. It was mental. Sorry, like, um, I, sorry, go on, no, go on. No, let's just say I, I never, I never thought that people were taking me that seriously. Yeah, you
0: know what I mean, yeah, hundred percent, mate. But I, I, it's having that confidence in yourself, though, isn't it, as well? That, mm. that, that knowing that people are connecting with what you're doing. So, it's like taking it on to the next level and doing keep doing keep doing what you're doing like um all right just to finish off then um yeah i would like just to have your opinion kind of thing on um, like the welsh hip-hop grime rap scene whatever you want to call it um because i wasn't massively familiar with it generally um up until about probably six months ago and then I kind of come across a couple of songs, which I really liked. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, there's like loads of Welsh artists who are so talented. like, um, And I just couldn't believe the amount of talent that's out there, just from like South Wales, like Cardiff, Swansea, Newport, Barry, yeah. just unbelievable. Um, and I guess I just wanted to hear like your thoughts on that, on the Welsh Music scene, and just where you'd like to see it go, and some of your some of the some of the artists which you like, uh, like to listen to.
2: It's starting to go, um, the way I think it should go at the moment. There's a lot more, a lot more of the underdogs are coming and getting the exposure they deserve. There's still a lot of people that are slept on, um, and the, like there's you've got like KJ from Barry, you've got skinny Bill from West Wales, you've got fucking got crazy jack from swansea you know he's one of my best mates and but also one of the best artists that i've heard like do you know what i mean and, yeah and it's it's just nice that everybody's starting to get seen a lot more and um uh, and especially like that and then you've got you've got your mercages, you've got your locals you've got your scammers and fucking like local as a as a big fan of fucking locals album massive fan of his album and uh and then I messaged him, No, he messaged me because he saw, I think it was my dungeon or boy in the floor and he said that he liked it. And then um, I messaged him to ask if, I, I said, oh, I'm doing a bit more of a playful song at the moment, would you um, would you be up for hopping on it? And he, I, I sent it over and he hopped on it. And honestly, I was fucking gassed. <laughs> like, mm. like, I was a massive fan of him and he jumped on And And he's, he's a really fucking nice guy. And we got like Scammer. He's a fucking really nice guy. Like he's he's always t- taking the time to talk to me. And Merkage, really nice guy as well. You know, when we did Black Sheep, we related to a lot of things that we were talking about to each other. Like do you get what I mean? We we shared a lot of the same experiences when it came to being a parent. Mm. And um, and it's just a lot of people. There's obviously there's some people that aren't decent people and there are some people that are just fucking amazing characters and just amazing people to be around and um and i reckon if you had a few of them on you they'd they'd, they'd be entertaining to watch trust me
0: <laughs> yeah i'd be i i wanted like the way i look at it is like i said i had the the crooks on which is a band from Chesterfield who are very very good and um They've been signed now by like some massive company in America and stuff. Not that I've got anything to do with them coming on here, but but when I had them on, like I'd been they'd said they'd come on, but they were really busy with a tour and stuff. And I said, Oh, you know, I really want to get you on because I knew like I could see that they were they were really going somewhere. So I was like, I want to get them on before they get really famous, uh, big time. So I was really chuffed to have them on. And then I was thinking like the other week, I was like, I just want to get like up and coming bands artists rappers or well, whatever and just get them on and if i can specifically get on welsh bands and artists and stuff i'm happy to do that shine a bit of a light on people and and point people to their stuff then even better but i'm happy to have you know i want to get more musical uh acts and bands and stuff on 100 percent um I actually dropped Merkis a message the other day on his page, um, but he hasn't come back to me yet. But I mean, I'm hoping, hoping, fingers crossed that he'll, uh, that he'll have come you, on.
2: Have you heard of it? I haven't. No. Um, he's he's on his way up. Like probably, oh, he's on his way up, and he's such a fucking cool guy. He's definitely worth getting in touch with.
0: There was a guy. Who did I see? What was it? It was like, he just did a freestyle war, like in, he was just in a street. It was like Spitfire or something. It was called, um, Spit Fern, That's- Fern quest. They might've been. Fern quest.
2: Oh, fucking Fern quest is a beast. bro.
0: It was, made, it was insane. This, it was just like a clip of him. Like he was just speaking into the, you know, into the camera, like in a street mm-hmm. in the night, like, and he was just insane what he was doing with like lyrics. And that. and I was just like, wow. Yeah, firm
2: but people don't, don't seem
0: know. to know about it, like like Welsh, like the amount of Welsh talent, and there's there's so many. Like it's not like just one or maybe two. It's because and it I...
2: got laughed at for so long, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. when you hear a Welsh rapper, you don't you, you just think, "Oh for fuck's sake." You
0: know? Well, everyone like, thinks that's... a goldy looking chain, don't they? That's Every exactly time,
2: that, that, As soon as you're over the bridge, not so much anymore, but it used to be. Oh, you sound like the goldy looking chain. It didn't matter what you were saying, what type of music yeah. you were doing. A song—if you were rapping, you were Goldie looking chain.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. So um. So to finish this off, you're gonna perform as I like to get my musical acts to do. And it's oh, totally, nice. n- awesome. totally, oh, it's totally sweat patches. N- sweat patches. Oh yeah. <laughs> All that and, uh, sitting
2: down on my living room floor—that's no, too
0: it's much. It's been, been hard work, have not it? Um, <laughs> so tell tell the people uh, where they can find you on social media, and tell the people then what song you are going to do. Um, you
2: can find me on Facebook under Trev or forward slash Trevolution Jack. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Pass Me the Jack. <laughs> And I can't remember what my Twitter is. I think it's passed me a Jack, but with an extra K at the end. And there you go. uh, I'm going to be doing uh, my song, My Dungeon from my uh, Boy on the Floor
0: EP. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. And um, guys, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nation. Tell your friends, spread the word. We have um, a live football show every Monday night, uh, which is the Andy Campbell show. We have lots of different guests. Last week, we had Robbie Earnshaw, We had uh, Daniel Gabdon a couple of weeks ago. We had Clayton Blackmore the week before last. We had Stuart Downing, current Blackburn midfielder, former England international. Uh, This coming Monday, or the Monday just gone, as this goes out, as you people will see it, we had Cardiff City Chairman Mehmet Dalman. And uh, we've had all sorts of people. We have lots of really good guests on the football show. We have uh, an MMA and boxing show, which is out every Wednesday usually but uh not this week but it's back to normal next week every Wednesday. Got other stuff. My story unscripted uncensored and uh various other series. Give us a subscribe get involved in the comments. Check out T Rev is stuff because it is awesome. And uh mate, thank you for joining me. I've had hey, a good thank time you for
2: reaching out bro and fucking hey, you're killing it, awesome man.
0: mate. Big we um I know we're like we've touched on some Heavy subjects and that, and then maybe next time you come on, we'll just have a a chit chat about music and life. And shit. One, it? Yeah, that's time what up, we'll, we'll get up, you we'll on.
1: Address.
0: We'll get you on that, and then people can ask you all sorts of random shit. So but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's all good, mate. But um, yeah, and I will like to say as well. And I'll put links in the description. Is
1: oh,
2: would you put would you put this phone number in it? Yes. So,
0: yeah, send it over to me and I'll put it in. Um, and also, I'll put links to minds.org in the <coughs> in the description as well. Um, I'm actually raising money for <coughs> uh, Mind at the moment, so my hair is really, really long. It's like seventeen inches oh, long. <coughs> so I'm yeah. uh, next Tuesday. So unfortunately, this show will have be out after the deadline. But next Tuesday, I'm having it cut off, and I'm donating all my hair to the Little Princesses Trust, which makes wigs for the like, kids who've got cancer treatments and stuff who've lost their hair, oh, so man. I'm donating all my hair, and um, and then I'm also raising money for for Mind, which is a mental health charity, which helps people, particularly uh, when they, you know they're in crisis or having uh, yeah. severe issues. They um, they do a lot of great work, so I'm raising some money for them. Um, but yeah that's that so the next time we have a show i will not have long hair i will all be it'll be shaved short nervous Nah, uh, i think it's gonna be i probably end up crying mate because i love my hair <laughs> it's, it's luxurious and beautiful it's like down here somewhere and it's, uh, it's, it's two years you know in the making
2: before you actually have it done, like the day before, you're gonna to have to do a slow-mo windmill of it.
0: Yeah, do you know that's what Robbie, Robert Inshall said as well. And funny enough, <laughs> I did. Fi- I did film something. So what I said to so I said on Twitter today is for <clears throat> every fifty quid which I raise from today, so Wednesday till next Tuesday, I'll make a stupid video using my green screen and slow motion and do something different with my hair. So I done one today in front of a waterfall which is ready for the release which was quite amusing and oh,
2: uh, you you gonna
0: just put just do all sorts of shit like that just to thank people for you know for
2: getting and donating
0: getting stuff. and stuff yeah why not make a fool of yourself that's you the way smile, it? that's it mate um cool right trev t-rev thank you for joining me my friend thank you for having and, me uh, on and guys Check out uh, T-Rev's YouTube channel. Check out his music. You can also find his music on Studio 45's YouTube channel. But most importantly, buy his new album. Buy it now. And uh, finishing the show. There you go. (laughs) There you go.
2: T-Rev's Psychosis out last Friday.
0: Yeah. Buy it now. Link's in the description. And uh, playing us out is T-Rev with My Dungeon. Cheers, buddy.
1: Nice one, brother. T-Rev,
0: my dungeon.
1: Yo. You want to know who's on my team? Me. Anyone that can do the math. See, I really don't need anybody holding hands with me because I'm going to just be me. I'm going to just be team. Don't care what anybody else wants for me. You are not the ones that have to deal with, all the consequences when everything is over, when it's said and done. It's me. I don't want the company. Sometimes I just need to let go, get those headphones at the 36. 6 <laughs> Now back to my dungeon scene. Now I separate myself. I don't try to get away from hell. I don't want no better days and swell. I just put that pen to page on you know, my pen that range relived my yesterdays and well. Give all my stress away, can tell. I don't want what's best for me. Give me a second to breathe and I'll suffocate out. myself. Let's talk to my tattoos a bit. On my neck, I got my logo, which is my friend hanging from a noose. And this has put me up to a lot of criticism. Like, why is he doing this? Like, why would you show respect by having him hanging on a noose? That's sick. Same reason you worship Jesus Christ and still carry a crucifix. My yeah. entire life has spend Praying to got it, though okay, was there, though I, I get to press, well, I get send a thought to and I doubt do my, my it, mind hands, everyone have one together, he it's you your message, you send thoughts to friends, well, the thought was there, but sometimes, needs let go. get those headphones at the 3-6, I wasn't born to care, I was born to stand out, and stray off the planned route, I refused to begin at the victim, wishing for a handout, and trying to sell pity, thinking it when the trap crowds, are want to the back down and back out, but sometimes, I just need to let go, get those headphones at the 3-6, Who's spitting corny rap now? Cobain gets my head shot from all the disrespect, I see. Keep taking the air job, then there's nothing left of me. Providing my own therapy, now I'm the best of empathy. So you need to step the game up before you ever send for me. People saw my music as a hobby, you gonna start. Don't think you were ever gonna block me from my path. I don't care what it takes, man. Like I done the lay sands everywhere I go and catching bodies with my bars. Speak my mind, cause I walk do it for me. Won't told all the you even if I show no glory. But your rat and bought me. Doesn't matter what you call me, cause I look up to the man in black, remember what he taught me. I feel like I did enough, I'm digging up all of the immortal seeds. Can't afford a verse off me. How you gonna tell me the talk is cheap? They say just because you don't think you'll get it don't mean you can't try it. I will sit complaining, claiming that I've had a hard life, but you tell me I can do anything as long as I work hard, right? Then tell me when I'm gonna blow up, cause 24-7 is my hard time. Every hey, night that they know and can pay because I can't sit down. Provokers owning me, because they know that I have a traffic Do I wanna pay this I need to give a damn to load. Do I want the time to figure money in my back account? I'ma fold the hand of bell and take my chips and cash it out. Sometimes I need to let go, get those headphones at the 3-6. Take my life and then pass it round There's me on TV Hope my dad can see me Get mad and see Like how you need me I mean he's probably dead by now And I feel like the second that he goes be night on repeat Don't try to see me Reaching out for freebies Sometimes I need to let go Get those headphones At the 36. <laughs> I hope you die in your own feces. They cry every night. I don't like who I am. No one fight for my life. We wanna die in the background. When I say goodbye, no one might knock in background. Having panic attacks, I can't put the jack down. Oh no, stop. Trying to be something that we just know you're not. You're not a badass. Stop being so over the top. Also so my son is more than just a photo op. Yes! I'm either bad or evil. I'm just not good for people My life is like a horror movie What I see tomorrow do we Even know if there's enough cash for receipt? What I shout to my son Quang about it when I'm done He don't understand That I struggle more than anyone To be a father without a father Where'd you go dad? Just wondering why's my daddy so mad? Why does daddy never laugh? Why does daddy never smile? Why's the last time daddy, daddy and the get a, bath? Bath? Well, a Why does daddy always shout When I'm trying to make a grin? Are what are in those tablets dad? The ones you've been taking since Your daddy left you Is setting in now I'm watching Travis sleep, and I just feel like I'm letting him down. Why can't I just man up and accept the help they're offering? Why, when I'm performing, do I feel like I have got to drink? Why can I just not fit in? But sometimes I need to let go, get those headphones at the 3-6 oh. Sit down and have a proper thing, but to sum everything up, I'm making myself someone, taking up from no one, not even a loved one. Taking from crash, pack of these really dumb dums for these dumb dums My mother is a young gun, break my, my pen, pen, and pen and let the blood run. run. But but sometimes, sometimes I just need to, need to let go, get those headphones at the three-six and I now we go back, back to, to
0: my dungeon. dungeon.
2: Sport Social Podcast Network.